Welcome to One Controller for Podcast, episode 50, I think, oh Jesus, I didn't check, let's make sure, let's verify, 50, come on, it is episode, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's episode 50, we're here, doing a podcast, nothing special this week, it's just the, just what we're doing on episode 50. Now that I'm looking at the number, I see that there are zero views for last week's episode, so it can only go up from here. <laughs> I do these podcasts with the intention that nobody will ever listen to them, so that's perfectly fine. Uh, things I did this week. Oh, um, so I guess there's a couple of big things. One, um, and I, I had started this the week beforehand, and I might have mentioned it before in the last podcast. But I started Schoolgirl Zombie Hunter, which is a uh, D3 game that came out last year. Uh, it's basically like a third-person shooter um, with with uh, zombies. And you play as five schoolgirls who are in a girls' high school academy thing. And uh, you are there to survive and eventually like destroy the schoolgirl or the, uh, the zombie the zombie invasion and it's it's super generic uh it feels a lot like a simple series game if you look at um i mean like d3 is is known for like transforming those simple series games into like larger franchises so you have like edf which is originally a simple series game uh oni chambara and apparently this game excuse me takes place in the oni chambara universe although it doesn't seem to have quite the uh over the top <laughs> uh uh, I guess you would say both violence and like fan service that the Oni Chambara games have where they're like super skimpy all the time. And this one, they're only skimpy sometimes. Uh, basically, so basically it's just a third person shooter and, uh, there's a bunch of zombies that are around and they, they swarm you and you, you shoot them and there's like different objectives, including, uh, you know, pretty much the standard stuff, destroy like a spawn point, um, or defend a, a base, or just survive, or destroy a certain number of enemies. It's it's, it's nothing special in that regard. Um, I think where where the enjoyment does come from the game is just that it has kind of a a slight style to it. I mean, like if you look at it, it looks fairly fairly generic in its uh, implementation. But um, I think just the fact that it is like based around high school girls and stuff. Uh, just gives it a lighter tone as characters like sit there and like banter with each other and are more concerned about other things outside of you know zombie apocalypse stuff. <laughs> um, it's more about the the characters' character development in that zombie apocalypse than the actual uh, uh, what's actually happening in the city itself that's getting swarmed by these zombies. It's actually kind of nice because in some missions you can go around the entire school and very rarely is there a reason to do so in one specific mission, but it's just nice to be able to like see the entire environment. There's not that many areas in the game. Um, There's maybe like, so if you play like the the multiplayer, which is only 10 missions long for the multiplayer, the single player is 50 mission long. Um, 
you um you end up going to pretty much everywhere within those 10 missions in multiplayer and they recycle the same rooms probably two to three times so there's maybe like maybe there's like five core areas in schoolgirl zombie hunters there's a couple that weren't used for some reason but you know whatever um but yeah so it's 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 just kind of this little it's a little weird thing uh i mean the whole thing is i mean being an orichabara game and being about schoolgirls because yeah um, because that's what, what Chumbar series is, is a bunch of like, you know, sexual tea stuff. Um, the girls can actually like throw their outfits off and then the zombies, the male zombies only, uh, will attack the outfits instead of them and last for like about 10 seconds. Uh, I don't know if the outfits are considered armor or not, um, because it does give you an icon to show you that the, the armor, your clothes have been ripped off essentially. Um, but it doesn't really specify if that's just to let you know, hey, you can't throw the shirt off because your clothes are, are already gone, or if it's an actual, like, defense down on you when you lose the shirt. Um, probably the more weird one is, <laughs> is, uh, you actually get to select the character's underwear, and there's a timer on the underwear, so if you wear the underwear for 30 minutes, you can actually go take a shower and then have used underwear, which will then basically do the same thing as the clothes, except uh, it lasts about a minute. So it's actually quite useful, but you can only use it after a certain point in the game. So it's not something you particularly rely on um, unless you you really go out of your way to to get it. And it's, it's eh. at some point, the problem is with the game is that there's a a, a bunch of there's a lot of guns in the game, which is kind of nice. There's like five different types of guns, six different types, sorry. Um, and then, so like you have submachine gun, assault rifle, pistol, uh, uh, rocket launcher, sniper rifle, and uh, I'm missing one, shotgun. Um, but basically, each each one of these weapons, they're all kind of the same power range. I think the base weapon might be a little weaker than all the other guns. But, you know, the first time you find another gun, you're pretty much in in with a weapon that could be used till the end of the game. Um, but the whole thing is that like, there's basically different stats or uh, like attributes of these guns. So there's ones that are like, this one has piercing. So if you shoot, you know, through one, one zombie, you'll go through to the next zombie or this one has to tack up or auto aim or aim assist, things like that. Um, and there's one specifically called dismemberment, which essentially dismember zombies and, and a zombie can be dismembered in about four to five hits. Um, so early on, this is super helpful because zombies take a long time to die. Uh, I don't know if the, if your character has any kind of strength stat with it. It doesn't really surface that stuff. But um, but basically, you know, there's these pretty big zombies sometimes that will take like 20, 30 shots that you can just use dismemberment gun to tear through. The, ex- the exception would be the bosses who... The dis- all, all the dismemberment, gun with, dismemberment guns, with the exception of, I think, one... Uh, has zero damage and the exception has one damage um so anytime you find a boss you have to have a attack damage gun um but the dismemberment guns are so overpowered most of the time i mean i mean there are periods later on i found where using a high powered gun would be useful because it would basically one shot an enemy if you hit them right but in the case of this game where sometimes the hit detection is not particularly great and then when you go online and there's a bunch of lag your accuracy really can't be relied on (laughs) so you just get a dismemberment like assault rifle and just like sit there and throw a bunch of bullets into someone until they fall apart essentially 
Um, yeah, it's it's all right. Again, it's like I, it's a budget game. I got it for like twenty bucks um, a while ago, and yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cute. I think the one thing that I have a problem with is um is that there's not that many outfits. There's kind of a winter outfit and a summer outfit, a nurse outfit, and then a gym outfit and a swimsuit outfit. And I think those are the only fives I found playing through the main story. There are more missions, so maybe I could find more. I'm not sure, like submissions and stuff. But those were really only five outfit types, and then the rest were just like colors, uh, like different hair colors you unlock and, and different underwears and stuff. But, um... Yeah, it's just not particularly um, diverse in terms of its its clothing. Um, and then, you know, once you throw your clothes off or you get it torn off, you're in your underwear at that point. It's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> I don't know if this is more of a recent thing or not. Maybe at some point it will eventually revert back. But, like, after playing, like, PBS and stuff where, where characters are f- constantly flying around with their underwear showing or, like, they're getting their clothes ripped off or, you know in the case of PBS, like doing squirmy finish where it's like, you're trying to spray their bikinis off and stuff like that. Like, (laughs) I don't really feel anything when I see, see that stuff anymore. Not really in like a, I don't mean that like, Oh, I don't get turned on anymore. I mean more of just like, I don't react to it. So I think typically, you know, even if, if you're talking about outside, like sexual attraction to, to underwear and stuff, um, if you're look, talking about like just the, the reaction to it, like, you know, if somebody was offended by it or if somebody, or somebody thought it was funny or something like that. I think at this point I've seen it so much, especially with the last year play, between playing PBS and something like this is that I really just don't care. <laughs> like it's not even that I don't care. I just don't even really notice it as much anymore. It's, it's interesting. It's just like, it's almost like normalized to an extent where it's like, yeah, it's there, I guess. Sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a feeling, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, I play a lot of Japanese games, and there's a lot of a lot of panty flash in Japanese games. Not all of them. Some of them. If you're playing School Girls, Lopia Hunters, and PBS, I should say, there's going to be panty flash in those. They're essentially fan service games. So, yes. Yes? Question mark? Castlevania 64 also has panty flashing, which I did not like it in that game. Uh, felt made me feel strange. <laughs> don't wanna, I don't wanna touch on that anymore. Um, anyways, uh, another thing I did this week was I actually um, started messing. So I think I may, may have mentioned this before. In the past, I got a a GameCube HDMI adapter. Purpose being that then I can do digital out of a GameCube, which is fairly difficult to do these days uh unless you're doing some kind of mod or something uh component cables official component cables for gamecube are very very expensive um so essentially um one two three four my brain is moving um essentially this lets me run hdmi out of my gamecube it's very nice uh the one problem i had was i wanted to specifically use my gamecube for the um Game Boy Player, um, and the Game Boy Player software is kind of awful, surprisingly. I mean, it's it's fine. Like if you're playing Game Boy Player, like on a CRT, especially, it, you're probably not going to notice too much. But you know, when you're sitting down, like connecting things to HDTV and stuff like that, it's it starts becoming very apparent that there's the, the sharpness isn't there, and there's a pretty significant delay on the game, even outside of just you know worrying about what your TV is doing. Um. So essentially, I got a uh, a SD media booter, um, which lets me boot 
a homebrew Game Boy interface software off the um off a second memory card with like an SD card slot in it. And it actually looks really good. I was kind of surprised. Um, I haven't really, so, I mean, I, for old consoles, I typically just use, like, S-Video, um, so, I don't often see games look so clean and crisp on, like, an HDTV if I'm playing an old game, and so being able to put in something like, uh, like, Castlevania Area of Sorrow and just, like, see, like, every little bit of it is kind of interesting. The only problem I have is that my TV does not support 240p, it does 480p. Uh, it supports 480p, probably at the lowest. It does still do a 480i, but it's not nice. It's a pretty nasty 480i signal, uh, and um, or it's pretty nasty, <laughs> pretty nasty at handling a 480i signal, I should say. So essentially, I had um, so basically, I'm basically trying to get those games to run at 480p so I can capture them and play them on my TV fairly easily. Also, reduce the delay and just make it look as best as it can for whenever I need to record a Game Boy game. Um, so I went down that route, played some Castlevania. I also played Bionic Commando Elite Forces, which was a whole mess because, uh, they used, like, digitized art in there. So they shrunk down the art. They had a big piece of art that they shrunk down, uh, that was, like, auto, auto compressed, compressed by, like, a computer or something. And then I basically blew it back up onto a giant TV screen and it looked awful, but great. It made me very happy to see to see it look so bad. <laughs> um, I also put in Harmony of uh, Dissonance, which is probably one of the worst uh, Game Boy, uh, worst Castlevania OST, I should say, um, or soundtrack because of the limitations drop, brought by the Game Boy Advance and how they, I believe the issue was that they wanted to do two castles, like in Symphony of the Night, and uh, they had to sacrifice the music to basically try to fit the game in. Um, and it sounds not great, <laughs> um, but it's just fun to put it on TV and be like, yep, this still sounds really bad. Come through my TV as well. Um, but yeah, that game looks good. Harmony of Dissonance is a good looking game. It's very bright. It's very strange because like how almost neon it's like because of the whole issue that Circle of the Moon had where the screen was too dark, um, for, for people on the original Game Boy Advance. So the, the brighter color scheme was kind of made to to go against that. I also um, was messing around with like force booting games into 480p, GameCube games that are typically 480i, uh, which is like an interlace signal. And so I was trying to get it progressive because uh, like I said earlier, 480i is not handled very well on my TV. So I was able to get Skies of Arcadia to boot at 480p and I'm pretty happy about that, um, about how it looks. It's pretty clean. I'm, I'm very... I like a 480p signal. I mean, obviously I want it to be higher, but a 480p signal is going to look pretty clean overall. Um, I've played a lot of uh, Fantasy Star Online for the Xbox, uh, just offline even, <laughs> because because it looks pretty nice. Uh, it's funny because they don't really expect, I think they didn't really expect you to be looking at the game in, in component, despite or uh, 480p, despite that it being supported in uh, Fantasy Star Online for the Xbox, because they didn't clean up the text properly, as much as like artifacts and stuff in the text. It's weird. This isn't a very plain episode this week. I apologize for for making me feel that way and making me have to sit here and address it. I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm just straight talking right now. I'm going to open that fortune cookie. Um, and maybe this is a good one. We're getting kind of close to the end of the show with not much time left. So maybe this is a good one to do. I, um, I want a brief, um, brief point and click adventure crusade. Probably back in like, um, 
it's sometime after WeWork came out because uh, the the Tales of Monkey Island series on the Wii is what made me kind of look into two point click adventure games, specifically by Lucas Arts, and I got Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, um, which I tried playing through that, and oh man, I had some trouble. <laughs> Um, I'm not super familiar with point and click adventure games. So going from some, from something like Tales of Monkey Island, which was, I would say a very, um, friendly game for, for being a starting player, even if it had some of those same issues where it's like, you need this specific item to get past this point, And there's no real way for you to t- figure that out. Um, Indiana Jones, the last crusade at some point, I think I just gave up on the game because I was getting so confused and there's like really weird things like, Oh, look on the back. Like there's a little speck on this board. It's a stick of gum or someone chewed and spat gum on the window. Get that gum off the, on the window, even though it's like this little tiny pixel, <laughs> uh, maybe it would be more apparent on like an older, uh, screen if everything's like enlarged. Cause I think I was playing it within a window at the time. It's been a long time since I played this. Um, and I also had like a, like a brief little, like Indiana Jones, um, um, I don't know what you would call it, uh, interest, I guess, where like I, I watched all three of the Indiana Jones movies. I forget what triggered me to do that. Um, I thought, I think the fate of Atlantis, the like voice acting for that seems really cool. And that's something that I wanted to play eventually, but then the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade kind of stopped me from doing that. I think it's probably because I was like, oh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out first, so I got to play this one first. <laughs> um, so I think that stopped me from really pursuing those much further. And at some point I could play through all the Tales of Monkey Island games as those slowly came out. It took a while and the WiiWare versions in particular took a while to come out uh, and they were kind of a mess. Uh, felt like a very much an afterthought. <laughs> um, uh, the end end cutscene in the WiiWare version of Tales of Monkey Island is almost indecipher or like in unreadable. It's it's there's just so much going on and the frame rate's dropping so bad. It's it's terrible. They just like this cutscene is broken. Oh well, ship it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not really sure why that happened on that version. Anyways. I imagine they just like didn't want to optimize and like, yep, you can do it. Certified. No more money is being spent on this. We're not making any money from these Tales of Monkey Island games, but we don't want to like burn people on not finishing the series on Wii, maybe, or maybe they're just barely making enough money. Anyways, um, WiiWare. That's a service. I downloaded all those games. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So yeah, Indiana Jones: Last Crusade. I don't have a lot more to say about it. I think it looks nice. All those LucasArts games look nice when you like look at them on a modern mo- display. I feel like. They're just very colorful uh, with quite a bit of detail. Um, I guess you could argue, and this is the same thing for, hey, my GBA stuff. Um, I turned around because it was behind me. Um, Like, to some extent, like, it's interesting that people, um, the kind of the the divide of how people want to see games. Uh, I think for someone like me, I want to see, like, every pixel as clearly as possible. And so when you say something like smoothing or, you know, like, you know, applying effects and stuff to kind of like keep things from looking like a pixel, uh, you know, jagged pixel on the screen, um, I I get very like, oh, why would you want to do that? You want it to be as clean and crisp as possible. And maybe that's probably partly because I came from like mainly playing 3D games and like low resolutions were like the bane of my existence i guess um like now now they are not really back then but i love uh high high resolution like old video games that are 3d um i don't really have any uh affinity for like low resolution stuff that's why i think it's like what was that game called dagger 
something dagger. It's like a quake looking kind of a arena survival game thing. Devil daggers. Yeah, I was when people were playing out the resolution like turned on or really low. I'm just like, no, I don't want to. No, just turn, just give me, render it out as best as possible, please. Um, but I mean, like, the other argument on the other side is that they were never meant to be seen this way. They were meant to be, you know, blurred by a CRT and, like, have these colors mix and stuff. It's interesting, because, like, on the Bionic, Bionic Commando uh, Elite Forces title screen, you can see, like, these weird, like, shadow images of the text on the screen that probably would make sense on a Game Boy screen, but when you're actually, like, just sitting there looking at it blown up on a huge TV with a very sharp signal, you're just like, eh. It just looks like they just made really thick words with different colors in them. It's very strange. Anyways, I hope we can do some more Game, Game Boy stuff soon. Uh, this is really the first time I've been able to capture Game Boy stuff reliably. Uh, I did record a bunch of Oracle of Ages stuff a long time ago, but it was it was kind of kind of iffy. I, I need to go back, back and look at that photo and see how it looks. I'm curious now because I think it was like running through S-Video into my uh, HD PVR, which is not great as is. Um, so, yeah. And then I looked into PS2 resolution stuff that looks like a nightmare let's 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 hold off on looking into that for now so yeah anyways i guess that's it for this week i feel like i just kind of rambled a bunch of stuff into your face and then called it a day um so i apologize for that if that's how it feels sometimes i listen to these later and i'm like ah that sounds fine and, and even though in the moment i'm just like oh i feel like i did a bad job with my podcast so yeah I make no promises for writing. I'll continue to give it my best. I have not been doing as much time as I want to on there. I've been playing a lot of video game stuff. Well, not a lot, but I have been playing video games more than I probably... Not more than I should, but I've been playing video games at the sacrifice of doing other things. So, and setting up all this GameCube stuff. <laughs> Alright, well that's it. Thanks you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Happy 50th episode. I'll see you here for 51, hopefully. Maybe this week we can get one view. Have a good weekend. We have a good week. The illusion has been destroyed. I record these on Saturday. <laughs>